Is it true that by the 19th century, Christianity was totally corrupt? Well, we're going to discuss that this time on Polygamy, What Love Is This? Before we begin our discussion, we need to ask our viewers a couple of questions. And we hope that you will be completely honest with yourself in answering them, or at least give them some consideration. The first one is, does or can God lie? The second one is, does or can God change his mind? Has he changed how we receive eternal life? If your question is yes to either or both questions, then the next question is imperative. Can you trust God? Is he worthy of your trust? Yeah. Now, we realize that our Mormon and polygamous viewers do not place a whole lot of trust in the Bible. And the Bible does say that God cannot lie, that God has all power, meaning he is omnipotent, so is obviously able to do whatever he has said he will do. But for those who reject the trustworthiness of the Bible, we ask you to consider that the Book of Mormon also tells us that God's decrees do not change and that God cannot lie. So let's look up some verses from both the Bible and the Book of Mormon to back up what we're saying. Yeah, first two of them from the Book of Mormon, Alma 41.8. Now the decrees of God are unalterable. And Moroni 8.18, for I know that God is not a partial God, neither a changeable being, but he is unchangeable from all eternity to all eternity. And Numbers 23.19 says, God is not a man that he should lie, nor a son of man that he should change his mind. Titus 1, 1, and 2 say, says, The knowledge of the truth that leads to godliness, a faith and knowledge resting on the hope of eternal life, which God, who does not lie, promised before the beginning of time. And Hebrews 6, 18 clinches it. Yeah. It is impossible for God to lie. Right. So we've got some good <laughs> verses there from both books right. that tell us that God does not change and that he does not lie. He is trustworthy to do what he promised that he will do. And because he is almighty, we know that he has the power to accomplish what he has promised. One of God's marvelous attributes is his faithfulness, which includes keeping his promises. In Joseph Smith's first vision, he claimed that God gave him exclusive information about the religions and churches of his day. Yeah, from the Pearl of Great Price and the <laughs> Joseph Smith story. For they were all wrong, and the personage who addressed me said that all their creeds were an abomination in his sight, that those professors were all corrupt. Now that's pretty strong language. Yeah, it is. Now on the Mormon.org website and other official LDS websites, as well as countless Mormon books, magazines, articles, conference talks, and so on, Mormon leaders and speakers maintain that Jesus' New Testament church through the ages was altered, corrupted, and eventually lost. Yep. All the polygamy groups also teach this alleged apostasy. They say that early Christian believers faced harsh opposition from non-believers, the apostles were martyred, they disagreed about the meaning of Jesus' teachings. The result was that new churches were established that were without God's authority. Now I have to add a parenthesis right here. <laughs> Any church that is established on biblical truth has God's full authority behind it. Yeah. Now, this is all that previously was said 
all on the Mormon.org website about the apostasy. Yeah. And we quote from their articles on the Book of Mormon. However, it wasn't enough for Jesus Christ's original church to merely be reformed. Certain principles and truths had been lost long ago, along with the priesthood authority to act in God's name. Jesus Christ's church in its entirety would have, would have to be brought back, reinstated, or in other words, restored. And that's from the Mormon.org website. Right. And this one also from ComeUntoChrist.org. It, the Book of Mormon, both supports and clarifies the Bible, ensuring that the teachings of Jesus Christ remain pure and correct. You can come to know that the Book of Mormon, like the Bible, is the Word of God. Now, we want you to particularly note the statement that the Bible is the Word of God. No, mm. did you notice yeah, that? They true. didn't used to say that, but they that's what that. they said. And that the Book of Mormon supports the Bible, which it doesn't. In some places it does because it's copied from the Bible, but generally it doesn't. Now, that's rather odd that they use the Bible as their standard by which to judge a true church. Yet their articles of faith and other teachings state the Bible cannot be trusted. Now put this beside the claim of Joseph Smith when he said that all their decrees were an abomination in God's sight and their professors were all corrupt. <laughs> now a creed is merely a statement of belief. Right. And Smith said all their creeds or beliefs were abominable. So the next step is to find out what they believed. What Bible did Christians use in the 19th century? Where exactly was the corruption that Joseph Smith accused them of? Historically, genuine Christians have always taken their creeds or beliefs from the Bible and only the Bible. So, did those early Christians read a different Bible than we read today? What did Christian missionaries teach and accomplish in the world during the 19th century that would prove or disprove they were or were not aligned with the Word of God as Mormon.org states? If the Bible that they read at that time is the same Bible as today, then there's no basis for Mormonism's claims right. of a lost and corrupted gospel. This is also true if we make the same comparison with the gospel that was believed through the ages since the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And there are thousands of ancient manuscripts to show that the Bible remains the same. There is plenty of evidence that genuine Christian doctrine and the Bible has not been corrupted. If what Joseph Smith and today's polygamists and Mormon church claims were true, then God is a liar. He could not be trusted to fulfill his promises. <laughs> and he has changed from being a perfect holy being to a changeable being who is not trustworthy and isn't even worthy to be God. You see, God promised that his word would endure forever. Isaiah 40, verse 8, The grass withers and the flowers fall, but the word of our God stands forever. And Isaiah 46, 10, I make known the end from the beginning, from ancient times what is still to come, I say, my purpose will stand and I will do all that I please. And he can do all that he pleases because he's God. That's right. right? And yeah. he's promised his word would endure forever. Matthew 24, 35, Jesus picked up the baton. He said, heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will never pass away. And these two from the Old Testament, Psalms 145.13, Your kingdom is an everlasting kingdom, and your dominion endures through all generations. The Lord is faithful to all His promises and loving toward all that He has made. And Daniel 6.26, For He is the living God, and He endures forever. 
His kingdom will not be destroyed. His dominion will never end. These verses alone prove there couldn't have been an apostasy. That's true. But notice in all of these passages that we were that 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 words like forever and never and all generations and forever and ever those phrases are used. Yeah. We have some more. <laughs> these are from the New Testament, Ephesians three twenty one. To him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever. Amen. And Jude 3, I felt I had to write and urge you to contend for the faith that was once for all entrusted to the saints. So in Ephesians, it says the church That's right. is for all generations. That, that it couldn't have been lost or he would not be telling the truth. That's true. And Jude tells us to contend for the faith that was once for all given to the saints. Now it says once for all. It doesn't say twice or three times. It doesn't say that it was restored after it's lost. All of it, once for all, all of it to all people for all time, once. And that's the stability of the Christian gospel. Good logic. <laughs> God has promised his word would endure forever. Jesus affirmed that promise and that his church would exist throughout all generations. But that's not what Joseph Smith taught. That now God is all powerful, and yeah. like he said, He's able to do exactly what He says He will do. So it leaves us with only two choices we believe God's promises, <laughs> or we believe what jo Joseph Smith claimed, because both cannot be true. And finally, what was Christianity like in the 19th century when Joseph Smith made these claims? What corrupt doctrines were Christians following, according to Mormonism? Many of the early polygamous church leaders said monogamy was one of those corrupt teachings of Christianity, yet today the LDS Church allows only monogamy? Yeah, this is from Brigham Young, Journal of Discourses. The scarcity of women gave existence to laws restricting one wife to one man. Rome became the mistress of the world and introduced this order of monogamy wherever her sway was acknowledged. Thus, this monogamic order of marriage, so esteemed by modern Christians as a holy sacrament and divine institution, is nothing but a system established by a set of robbers. <laughs> he was always so bold. In Wasn't he, though? Yeah, I like it. No. <laughs> <clears throat> so monogamy then was corrupt. Now yeah. monogamy is yeah. the only acceptable thing by the LDS Church. Right. Now, there's so many serious problems in the LDS maze of of changes and contradictions, and Brigham Young was speaking as a prophet. For those who say he was given personal opinion, he said that whenever he preached a sermon that we were to consider it, that they were to consider it be treated like yeah. scripture. Yeah. Now, there has always been false Christianity. That is a given. But there has also been always genuine Christianity since the resurrection of Jesus Christ. There has never been a total loss of genuine Christianity. So what kind of Christian activity was going on in the world at Joseph Smith's time? Well, we're glad you asked. <laughs> and because time won't, you know, we could go through a lot of centuries, right. but we don't want time to fail us on this. So we're going to begin with 59 years before Joseph Smith was born. In 1747, Christian preacher and evangelist Jonathan Edwards appealed for prayer for world missions to share Christian beliefs. He was very effective. Now, that was 59 years 
before Joseph Smith was born. And 49 years before Joseph Smith was born, this was said in 1757, Lutherans began ministering to blacks in the Caribbean. Interesting. And a year later, in 1758, John Wesley baptized two African-American slaves, breaking the skin color barrier for Methodist societies. Now that's it. Now the, again, they they're going to come back and say, but they don't have the authority to do this. It was all right. false. But right. they were strictly biblical Christians, making them <laughs> have that authority. That's right. In 1770, a man by the name of John Morant, uh, who was a free black slave from New York City, began ministering to the American Indians. By 1775, he had carried the Christian gospel to the Cherokee and Creek Indians. Now, that was 36 years before Joseph Smith was born. Christians had been taking the biblical gospel to the Native Americans and baptizing black people for years. Then Mormonism comes along and bans the blacks. Yeah. They wouldn't even allow Mormon missionaries to teach Mormonism to the black people. That's not Christianity. And in 1782, freed slave George Lyle went to Jamaica as a missionary. 1783, Moses Baker and George Gibbons, both former slaves, left the U.S. to become missionaries in the West Indies. And in 1784, Methodist Thomas Koch submitted his plan for the Society for the Establishment of Missions Among the Heathen. And these Christian events were 25 years before Joseph Smith was born. And so here's all this Christian missionary work going on around the world. And Joseph Smith's not even born yet. Right. Right. <laughs> so you're, you have an excellent question coming up. <laughs> the gospel they were taking to the world is the same gospel that we find in today's Bible. That's right. Remember, Mormon.org says that the Bible is God's Word. Of course, there are now, and has always been, religions claiming to be Christian yeah. that are not truly genuine Christian. But genuine Christianity was never lost. Another series of missionaries and so on. 1787, William Carey was ordained in England and urged worldwide missions be undertaken. 1788, Dutch missionaries began preaching the gospel among fishermen in Bangladesh. This was just short of 20 years before Joseph Smith's birth. 1792, William Carey formed the Baptist Missionary Society to support him in establishing missionary work in India 14 years before Smith's birth. And in 1805, same year that Joseph was born, the first Christian missionaries arrived in Namibia from the London Missionary Society. And notice these are all missionaries. What did yeah. Jesus say in Matthew 28? Go into all the world and, and make disciples and yeah. baptize them in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And here these men are doing that. And Joseph Smith comes along and calls them corrupt. That everything they believe and everything they do is corrupt. Isn't that awful? The Christian Bible and the gospel that was preached up until Joseph Smith denied their truth was the same as it was 2,000 years ago and the same that we believe and teach today. And there's lots of powerful and effective Christian activity that took place around the world between 1805, the year Joseph Smith was born, and 1820 when Joseph Smith claimed his first vision. Yeah, listen to these dates. 1806, Protestant missionary work began in earnest across southern Africa. 1807, the first Protestant missionary went to China. 
1809, the National Bible Society of Scotland was organized. In 1813, the Methodists formed the Wesleyan Missionary Society. In 1816, Robert Moffat arrived in Africa. The American Bible Society was founded. And this is the same Bible, the Bible societies that's distributed as the authorized King James Version that we use today. So where's the corrupt? So like you say, what gospel was being taught? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. What gospel was corrupted that Joseph Smith claimed? Yeah. And in 1820, Joseph Smith claimed he had a vision stating all Christianity was fake and corrupt and in apostasy, needed to be restored. This, I guess this allowed him, that whole concept allowed him to do whatever he wanted to then. Mm -hmm. He could dismiss the Bible. He could just say it was, it was not trustworthy. So whatever I say now is going to be the, mm -hmm. the rule. It's exactly what he wanted yeah. to do. And he accomplished wanted it to too, that, which is sad. And it's the same thing control. that the snake, the devil told Eve in the Garden of Eden. <laughs> you know, That's doubt true. what God said. Yeah. And it works. Yeah. He, it worked then and it still works. In 1820, Joseph Smith's vision stated that Christianity was fake and corrupt and in apostasy. And at the same time, during that, those same year, period of years, William Carey did a great work for Christianity in India for years before Joseph Smith ever drew a breath of life and after, of course. Carey's work included education, and he also worked to outlaw infanticide Fantaside and sati in India, a practice where Hindu widows were burned on their husbands' funeral pyres, and they were burned alive. <laughs> a polygamist Hindu, which there were many, could leave behind several widows. All of them were burned alive at his funeral. Mm. That's called sati. While Joseph Smith was establishing and encouraging anti-Christian polygamy among the Mormons, William Carey was working to bring dignity and life and monogamy to women in India. The question is staggering. Which person reveals genuine Christianity? Ooh. Joseph Smith or William Carey? Hmm. In 1830, the first Book of Mormon was published. While Joseph Smith was condemning historical Christianity, the Christian Bible and the Christian gospel continued to be taken by missionaries to the furthest corners of the earth as possible. And in 1833, Joseph Smith is found in the barn committing adultery with Fanny Alger and later claims a revelation to practice polygamy. This is not Christianity. <laughs> In 1836, though, George Miller began his work with orphans in Bristol, England. 1837, the first translation of the Bible into Japanese was completed. And in 1840, David Livingston went to Africa with the London Missionary Society. Very famous uh, mm -hmm. missionary effort. Where they're saying Livingstone, I presume. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it came Dr. From, Livingstone, from, I presume. From his, yeah. Um, yeah. So faithful Christian workers and missionaries such as Adoniram Judson, Jonathan Goldfort, David Brainerd, Jonathan Everts, David Livingstone, J. Hudson Taylor, William Carey, George Mueller, and many, many other named and nameless Christians were obeying Jesus' command to go into all the world with the gospel, the same gospel that is in today's Bible. The Bible the Mormons have included in their quads which they carry with them, the same Bible they claim can be trusted. Yes, I did. Yes, I did. <laughs> and at the same time those Christians were taking the biblical gospel to the world, Joseph Smith was restoring something that was never lost 
and making horrendous changes to it. He rewrote the Bible that God promised he would preserve forever. He was introducing polygamy into the American culture. That was his gospel, and he dares to claim that Jesus Christ's gospel was corrupted. Every genuine Christian on this planet should be condemning and challenging those claims. By the way, gospel means good news. And you can never consider polygamy, Mormonism's commandments, ordinances, and impossible strivings for perfection as good news. That's true. There's no good news about that. Today's Bible is the same now as it was then, and modern translations are reliable. They don't want to say they are, but they are. By the way, church leaders use these modern translations. They do. <laughs> yes, oh. they do. When you read some of their quotes, they won't they, they won't say quote, but they will say the phrase. And if you're familiar with any of those, you recognize them. Oh. They use, uh, but anyway, the modern translation uh, actually are translated in today's English rather than right. 16th century English or, or Shakespearean English that the King James is. The Christian gospel is the same now as it was at the time Joseph Smith said our creeds were abominable. And you can find that gospel in 1 Corinthians 15 verses 1 through 5. And God is the same now as he was then and so is his gospel because God is unchangeable. So we know he's the same. The evidence is overwhelming that the true gospel never needed to be restored because it was never lost. Actually, it is Mormonism that has a history of corrupting true Christianity. Since Mormonism teaches that the Bible isn't trustworthy, we have some questions that need answering. Yeah, since Mormonism doesn't trust the Bible, why do they carry the Bible they call corrupted with them in their quad? Why does Mormon.org state that the Bible is God's word? Why do the Mormons recommend the Bible they don't trust to potential converts? Why do they quote biblical passages not knowing if it's trustworthy? Such a good question. And why isn't there a Mormon prophet who will tell us where all the alleged mistranslations and the plain and precious things (laughs) in the Bible are located? That's right. Mormonism believes that Christianity was corrupt, the truth was lost, apostasy was complete, yet Christians today believe the same as Christians believed when Joseph Smith made those changes and the Bible's the same. So where's the apostasy? <laughs> Mormon, uh, MRM.org, by the web, is, is yeah. the website. It has a great statement about this. Some apostasies were predicted. That's not being disputed. And Paul does cry out for strength among the followers of Christ. But this is not a prelude to a complete apostasy where all priesthood authority was lost. If, in fact, the early disciples allowed for this great apostasy to take place, they are culpable and perhaps nothing they said should be believed. Think about it. After Judas was replaced by Matthias in Acts 1, there were no other replacements. Doesn't that seem strange? Why did no apostle or other leader at that time complain? Apostasy could have been avoided had those original disciples been more on the ball. (laughs) Jesus was very clear that he would never leave nor forsake his people, Hebrews 13, 5, and that he would be with his people forever, Matthew 28, 19 through 20. And if he wasn't telling the truth, then he is not who he claimed to be. And that's very true. If you look at it, critical thinking that we were never taught growing up, but it is necessary for 
discerning the truth. And then there's an LDS prophet leader who tells us that Mormonism is a sham if Joseph Smith's claims aren't true. Yeah, the bold statement here from Gordon B. Hinckley. If the first vision was true, if it actually happened, then the Book of Mormon is true. Then we have the priesthood, then we have the church organization, and all of the other keys and blessings of authority which we say we have. If the first vision did not occur, then we are involved in a great sham. It is just that simple. And so we've proven today what a sham it really is. As for priesthood authority, the New Testament does not show a need for a priesthood other than the royal priesthood of all true believers that Peter writes about. And the Melchizedek priesthood, according to the book of Hebrews chapter 7, explains that Jesus Christ alone is the similitude of Melchizedek and that priesthood is not transferable. So, today's Christianity is historical with evidence to back it up. Mormonism's so-called restoration has no historical evidence to prove it is a restoration of anything. Now, the point to this discussion is that Joseph Smith's claims are highly suspect. They cannot be proven, in fact, are disproved, disputed. So, why should we or you or anyone place our eternity in trust to the man who cannot be trusted to be truthful. Those in polygamy, we ask you and encourage you to check these things out and you will discover that to get to heaven, you do not need to do what your leaders are telling you is essential. The Bible was here before the Book of Mormon. Throughout the ages, people have trusted the God of the Bible to keep his promises. You don't need to live polygamy to please God. Your Mormonism is not the only true faith on the planet. And, of course, please email us if you're interested in following through with some of these uh, quotes for research, and we'll give you some great and trustworthy references and resources. Mm -hmm. It's important to find out for yourself rather than depend on someone else to tell you what to believe. And the Bible (laughs) teaches that Jesus Christ is your Savior. If works could save you, you'd be your own Savior. And I don't think we think about that very often. Yeah, that's true. If if works could save, then we'd be saving ourselves. We'd be saving ourselves. That's right. That's true. Well, that's... Fascinating. Uh, I just... Uh, it's just amazing how we, uh, we Mormons, we LDS people... Uh, just accept some of this stuff without without thinking. Yeah, and, just yeah. believe what we're told by yeah. people who want to keep the truth hidden. Yeah, you yeah. probably experienced that in the very much groups. so. Yeah. Yes, very much so. Yeah. So check it out. That's what we want you to do. <laughs> check it out. Thank you, Earl. Thanks yeah. again. Thank you. You know, the Bible is God's authority to teach His gospel, and it has everything needed to preach His gospel with authority. According to 1 Peter 2, 9, genuine Christians are a royal priesthood. Male and female alike are part of the royal priesthood of Jesus Christ. If we had no Joseph Smith but have Jesus Christ, we have everything. If we have Joseph Smith but no Jesus Christ, we're without hope and are lost and have nothing. We need Jesus, but we don't need Joseph or anyone else when we have Jesus. Life without Joseph Smith is freedom from religion, and that's nice. Life without Jesus is empty with no real meaning. Choose Jesus. He is our only hope. He is our peace. He is our righteousness. He is our salvation. And He is our only way to God. Thank you for watching. This has been the audio podcast of Polygamy, What Love Is This? with host Doris Hansen. 
Polygamy, What Love Is This? is produced by A Shield and Refuge Ministry. More information on this program, including the video version of it, can be found at whatloveisthis.tv. If you have any questions or need help getting free from Mormon fundamentalism, write us at contact at shieldandrefuge.org or call us at 1-800-877-425-9993.